Hey everyone, hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day. Um, so stoked you could make it back for another episode on the Dill Journeys podcast. Today we have a very exciting guest by the name of Jason Daniel. And he's the owner and founder of LSKD, uh, which is now in over 350 retailers nationwide and also has a huge online presence both across all social media platforms and turns over millions each and every single year. And he speaks about his journey of how the brand stemmed from him just chasing the vibe through different sports and how that evolved into being a multi-million dollar business that he now um, has a number of employees that all chase the vibe and work towards his uh, dream and collective. So without further ado, here it is. Enjoy. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, mate, thanks for having me in the office today and filming the podcast. It's been a long time coming and I know, mate. we're finally here, so I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Well, mate. it's in our office, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. No, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's me finally talking for once. Yeah, on the flip side. Yeah. So, mate, a way that I like to start the podcast is by asking you a question that not a lot of people know about you or is a weird little habit that you don't know if everyone else does. Oh, about me? Yeah, about you. Anything. It couldn't be anything. Oh. oh, weird habit. I think one of my weirdest habits would be I love putting, uh, so like if I've got like a fresh piece of toast, I love heaps of heaps of butter, heaps of jam and heaps of, um, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Um, Peanut butter? Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. And I just layer it like two mil thick. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's so, like my go-to. Yeah, your morning breakfast is that? No, morning breakfast is normally muesli or oats. That's just okay. like an afternoon snack. Yeah, okay. I'll have it in the office if I feel like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Mate, so what were you like in the classroom? Let's say around, you know, 16, 17. I know the, the brand was called Loose Kids. So, yeah. mate, what were you like? Were you a bit of a nuisance always outside the classroom? <laughs> Look, I wasn't the, uh, the best student, you could say. Uh, yeah. I definitely like to have fun uh, mm. at school. I mean... Uh, I, yeah, I got suspended a couple of times. I, you know, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't the best student when, uh, you know, they say they have the PC classes, you know, when you grow up, like, I think I was in grade eight and when I got moved to grade nine, I was like, you know what, I'm really going to give it my all in grade nine. And I showed up to grade nine and they're like, look, they kicked me out of that PC and I got moved to a whole nother one. I think it was into Flynn from Namajira and I was like, oh, great start to grade nine because... Maybe I was a little bit of pest, but yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was a good student, like, but I wasn't the quickest learner. I wasn't the best student. I didn't know everything, you know, and I, and I mean, I love sports. So yeah, sport was my go-to for everything, whether it was school sports, whether it was, you know, obviously growing up riding BMX mm-hmm. and then wanting to get into motocross. I think I was in grade nine when I started racing motocross. So yeah, wow. Yeah. School was, school was good for me, but I, yeah. I definitely don't think I learned the most at school and I probably didn't apply myself there. So yeah. Okay. And like what, so was sport the kind of savior for you? Like when you're in school, you know, would you always look forward to the afternoon, whether it be practicing whatever sport you're doing and like keeping you sort of healthy and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I don't think health and fitness was a big thing for me back then. I mean, my mum was an aerobics teacher. So I used yeah, to do okay. a lot of aerobics. So I was that kid in the, yeah, wow. I was that kid in the back of the room doing aerobics, but it helped <laughs> with starts for motocross. But uh, yeah, like sport was, I mean, after school, it was, you know, going to my local skate park, KP um, at Kimberley Park. You know, I would be mm-hmm. there every afternoon, you know, regardless, I'd be riding there. I'd be trying to get dropped off. I would ride to and from school every day. Um, yeah. yeah, sport was my thing. You know, I just love doing it. I love, I was always into fitness my whole life, but it was BMX in the early days um, was the thing for me. I just loved it. Like, I just loved riding at skate park every day. It was, you know, yeah, right. I was that kind of pest grummy that hung out at the park every day after school yeah. and just had fun and just was always practicing tricks and just trying to get better and better and better. So Just consistent with it. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I could finally afford to get a dirt bike and then, uh, and then got into dirt bikes when I was maybe... I think i was 14 or 15 when i got 14 i think when i got my first bike so yeah, wow. proper bike like to to start racing bikes so yeah. that's all i wanted to do but i couldn't afford it so at the time it was bmx and i just did whatever i could till i could uh you know afford to get my first bike and i think i, I worked at the local bp servo yeah. washing pumps to save up <laughs> enough money so i could get one so awesome um so you know after year 12 what did you want to do and what were you doing 
That's a great question. I don't get asked that very often. So uh, what I what I wanted to do, I actually wanted to be an electrician. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I actually wanted to be an electrician and I, I did uh, like school-based, you know, it's like workplace school-based kind of like mm. apprenticeship stuff all the way through. So I think from like grade 10, I used to do a day a week working for an electrician. Um, and then from there, I finished school and it was pretty funny. It was my first day of work. I think it was like the 7th of January and you know, everyone goes back to work, but school holidays last till the 30th. Yeah. I got up in the morning to go swimming a kilometer at the pool thinking I'm going to be a professional motocrosser. And my boss rings me and he's like, what are you doing? Where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to the pool training. And he's like, mate, it's your first day at work today. You're coming into work. I'm like, oh no, I thought I had till the 30th of January off. <laughs> Oh, because you thought it was like a school term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, he goes, come in today. Let's have a meeting. I was like, okay, okay. And uh, but yeah, I thought it was going to be a sparky, and I lasted three months. Um, hated it in the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, didn't like it. And then I went and worked for uh, a really close family friend, who's uh, Dan Reardon's dad, actually, who danced, you know, Supercross champion, um, working there, running a bricklaying yard. So I was looking after, pretty much running the yard, looking after all the trucks managing them to and from jobs, you know, so they were picking up sandbags, bricks, et cetera, et cetera. And I ran that yard for maybe a year. I think I was 17 and I got to run that yard. I had a company car. I was making great money. I, you know, had a jet ski. I was doing really well. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what, this isn't going to take me anywhere further. I think I needed an apprenticeship or I need to do something with my career. So I then uh, ended up hustling up. And back then it was still really hard to get an apprenticeship. Like for anyone to get a job, it's still always going to be hard. And, uh, I rang this guy for literally two months straight just to get a day a week of work for free. And uh, yeah, okay. I had every Tuesday off to go riding motocross and I kind of figured out that that wasn't going to be the be all end all for me. So I, I rang this guy every week to try and get him to let me come to work for him for free. And I ended up getting a job with him every Tuesday. And I didn't tell Tony that I, th- I didn't tell him I was going to leave. I was kind of like, I just need to get an apprenticeship and get out and get a trade. So I worked for him for maybe three or four months for free. It was 12 hour days every week, Tuesday for free. And then he finally went, okay, I'm going to give you a job. And I was like, oh, yes. You know, wow. and I was pumped. And then I got on a $7 an hour, $7 an hour and I started as a first year apprentice. And then from there, it kind of grew. And then, yeah, and it was around that time, I think I might have been t- 19, 20, I think by then. And I went, hang on a minute. I've got this brand and this word, you know, that we've been making some t-shirts for fun. And I thought, you know what? I think I was almost second year apprentice by then. And I'd left that guy. He, yeah, I ended up leaving and going to another carpenter. Um, and then from there, I went, you know what? I'm going to put effort into this brand. And then just from then started another apprenticeship. And yeah, finished my apprenticeship as I pretty much started doing this full time. So, but it was a journey. It was, you know, yeah, it was fun. But Amazing. it was kind of interesting. Now I look back then that, you know, just to even get an apprenticeship then it wasn't easy. And, you know, I had to work. I probably did, you know, 400 hours for that guy for free before he even gave me a job for seven bucks an hour. Yeah, know, that's... 240 bucks a week. Mm, that's one thing I really want to focus on. The fact that you did four months of free work. I think a lot Around of... about, I can't remember, but yeah. it felt like forever. Yeah, four months. Well, let's just say four months. I think uh, a lot of people sort of around, you know, 18 to 22, they, they think things are just going to come. Yeah. And like that entitled mindset where, yeah. you know, with their uni degree, you'll get them the job straight away and not doing that internship or working for free and just putting yourself out there because i think that's one thing that definitely you did and it put you in good stead do you like take yourself you know give yourself a pat on the back for that probably not enough i suppose i'm pretty hard on myself you know i think it's always like everyone has that like what's next or you know what's next you achieve something and you want to get to the next thing but Mm. when i look back i think it's you know I, i definitely do appreciate it i think it's really true and powerful the fact if you want it you can get it and you've got to believe in yourself like you have to believe in it and even down to you know i mean then it was lki now it's lskd but you know it's it it was you know people probably laughed at me people were thinking you're crazy people were thinking you Mm. know like making a t-shirt company that you know had i had no idea how to do anything any of it like i we had no suppliers no nothing we didn't know how to work with you know, supplies internationally to building a brand that can, you know, deals with supplies all over the world. Now, it, it, I, I, had no, I knew none of it, you know, and it's yeah. just a belief system to go, well, I'm going to get there. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I'll just get there. And I think even back then, I've always had that mindset. If I put applied myself to it, I can just do it. 
yeah. and even to getting an apprenticeship even though it wasn't and it wasn't about the money i just wanted to trade i just wanted to get a ticket i thought back then you know you needed to and back then there was no social media you know i think facebook may oh. have just started um but it wasn't like it is today so you know you didn't i just did it i just went oh, i gotta get that job you know it wasn't yeah. i suppose in this day and age where everyone like not day and age but like now it's all about that entrepreneurial mindset etc etc mm. but this has been happening for so long before that yeah it's i was just like a- i'm just doing it i need a job and i didn't yeah. care I, I sold my jet ski i sold pretty much everything so i could have you know so a good amount of money in the bank mm. to uh you know so i could do my apprenticeship because i knew that you know 240 dollars a week you can't survive i mean lucky i no. lived at home and you know, I had amazing sponsors racing and, you know, my mum used to come to the races. So she'd, you know, she'd chip in for hotels and help out there so I could, you know, and I'd pay for fuel so we could go racing together. But, you know, I knew that I was not going to have enough money to last, you know, me for, you know, for a couple of years because yeah. I was going to be on shit money. But it wasn't about, it was just about getting that ticket. I was like, I want my trade and I want to learn. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to get back to it now, but, no. you know, I definitely appreciate those times. And I think, I definitely think that, you know, I don't think it's everyone. I think it's more becoming more relevant now in this day that everyone knows that you've got, if you want it, you've got to put the work in. And there's a lot of, I suppose, you know, with especially the likes of Gary Vee pushing that a lot because I follow him a lot. And yeah. it's great because it's pushing that next generation to think like it takes time. You know, it does. It's, I Patience. mean, I look back on every six months and go, what was I thinking six months ago? You know, <laughs> like, far out. Yeah. So. It's been a journey. Yeah. Man, it's been so- fun. The next segment, it's all things business. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the? Because I understand it started at sixteen, was it? LKI. Well, yeah, the word's been around since school. Yeah. I, I, Wait, when did you start like the actual business, like selling? Oh, two thousand and seven like is when we really started to kick it off. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a little while. Um, yeah. Is when we really started to kick it off. But I think I think I was yeah I was around sixteen when we had like caps and. You know, I, I had some caps at school even that were just buying from... Yeah. yeah we were buying caps I from... I thought you meant the other thing for a second. What's that? I thought you meant the other thing for a second, like caps, like... Oh, don't worry. Oh, no, no. Like, so like I made some caps at, uh, you know, yeah. Surface Paradise had the cool $2 shops. I used to buy... I think I had like three for $5 and I'd yeah, go okay. buy, you know, a bunch of caps and just somehow find a way to get them heat pressed on and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I paid a dude at my uh, school to do my maths assignment with a hat but <laughs> back then <laughs> to get some way. help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was the question? I completely <laughs> That's all right. Track. Um, so how you actually started it and what was why you wanted to start it? So how I started the brand? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I think yeah, it's an interesting question. Why I started it back then I think it, you know, if I really think about it and if I look at why my mission is today is to inspire people to chase the vibe through, you know, through, through experiences, through action sports, adventure, travel, you know, to fitness, it was a lot like then back then as well, do you know, and I've mm. really learned on going back to why I started it as a, as when I was younger, it was, you know, we had a passion for, for action sports. We had a passion for fitness. We had a passion for all these things. And back then it was, we actually didn't have, you know, it, we kind of wanted cool clothes to wear, really. It was really yeah. simple. and But I didn't think of it like that back then. And, you know, if we weren't racing, you know, we were going to a you know music festival or we were going partying and we'd have a crew of people around my mum's place of, you know, it could be up to 100 people at a party. And they were all from different walks of life, whether, you know, from different athletes, you know, different crew. And we had this community of people. And I had these, you know, I had this brand that started as just a word. It wasn't meant to be anything. It was just a bit of fun. Like, hey, that's loose. Hey, kid. So this word generated into a brand from nothing and went, hang on, I can make some clothes that are super cool and like that we want to wear and wear them out when we're not doing those sports. So it kind of just organically happened. And over the years, we just kind of kept making product that kind of felt resonated with who we were and what we stood for and then just kind of kept making products there was actually real no strategy i suppose back then you know of how or why i wanted to start it but i yeah i always look back and thought how do you start a brand and sell t-shirts for you know 50 dollars and actually turn it into a career so back then i actually i couldn't fathom how to actually do that i was like how do you do that if you're selling a t-shirt it's you know for 50 dollars. how do you actually earn a living off it like it yeah. wasn't to me back then it wasn't actually like is that actually achievable i didn't know but you know, over the years I've learned and when, you know, when we started, we're like, oh, okay, this is possible. Like we can, I can really turn this into something and, and turn it into a journey that can become a career. And by the, when I actually made the decision, I think in 2010, 
sorry 2007 there was no looking back i just i just did it i just went i'm finding a way and doing whatever it takes to turn this into a job and i'm not going to be a chippy anymore like this is my career and yeah. you know i made obviously made a ton of mistakes and you know trying to find suppliers and you know it wasn't until i think 2011 2012 was when we really started dealing with china so then it was just we just made stuff locally like yeah okay we didn't i didn't know how to deal with you know suppliers in china and you know understand you know how to build relationships with them i had to meet people to get introduced to those so i had to find you know lucky enough i was just in the right place at the right time i got to stay on holidays in new zealand snowboarding with a production manager from i won't name the brand but from another brand and i didn't even know what a production manager was back then and he cc'd me in an email with all these factories with brands and i was like wow okay now i'm getting to the big dogs you know and and that's just how it started it's just having that belief system that i was gonna find a way it was just a matter of not it's not gonna happen it was just a matter of when it's gonna happen and i just every step of the way i just took steps to figure out how to do that how to make that how to find those ways around to make what i needed to get done on the next step of the journey so and you know then there was no social media it was magazines so we used to advertise in magazines you know it was just a huge journey you know to try to figure out steps along that journey to make it happen build relationships with magazines you know and then you know then there were i mean back then i used to do photo shoots for magazines and you know got to do cover shoots for magazines while i was riding and testing bikes and just found ins and outs to try and get myself out there because you know we didn't have a lot of money for marketing so we were just doing whatever it took or getting our community and friends to wear product and you know just starting super micro and super niche and just building the community around us and then it slowly grew and i mean lucky enough i traveled around australia queensland and new south wales a lot racing so you know, even then I was, I was jumping on the road on a Saturday morning and traveling to, you know, Harvey Bay and I'd stop off at retail stores on the way and I'd be, had this catalog with maybe five t-shirts in it, you know, printed on a, just, just on a shitty piece of paper. And I'd be trying to show the shirt to, you know, people to buy on a Saturday, you know, and if anyone is, you know, been in the wholesale game, you know, you don't sell product to a retailer on a Saturday, but I had no choice. I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to do it. I've, I, I work during the week, so I'll just get on the road on a Saturday. I'll leave. I race on a Sunday, so I'll get up earlier. I'll leave at 6 a.m. I'll get to the shop by 10. I'll sell, try and sell some teas to them, and then I'll keep driving, and then I'll get to the racetrack, and then I'll focus on racing on a weekend, and then I'll come back. And it was just like that. It was just whatever it took. You know, I'd find mentors around me and just find little niches along the way to help me get to those steps to learn because I just, when you don't know, you got to figure out a way to learn it to know. So definitely and so can you tell us a little bit about those early days let's say in 2007 what you what were you doing differently to other brands and like were you just focusing on what you were doing because i know you hear that old saying where if you focus on your competitors you get distracted and all that were you just like tunnel vision of where you wanted to be and just had that end goal yeah i didn't know if it was an end goal then because i was you know i was quite young yeah um, but definitely being different was the thing, you know, we, when we first started out, it was, it was about how we could be different. And, you know, then it was, uh, it was funny enough, a good friend of mine, uh, Matt Silvestro, I used to, I used to hang out on his bedroom, you know, in his bedroom and I'd bring him the Red Bulls and we'd be sitting in there designing cause I can't design. So I'd go around his house oh, and we'd wow. sit in his bedroom, like on a Wednesday night after work. And I'd be like, dude, I need some product designed up and we want to make it dope. Like, I need your help. How can we design this? And we'd be just creating ideas. And then we just started coming up with things where we started putting pop color on shirts and, you know, we were putting hot pink or like different three colorway options on the front of a t-shirt, which kind of made the brand very unique in the early days. And that's what made us a little different that, you know, we were into, you know, that action sports lifestyle or experience-based lifestyle but back then it was really hardcore i suppose it was the i suppose i, I mean if i name a, a brand back then it was i suppose metal militia and you know what those brands to me did to the sport really tarnished really tarnished you know the name because it, it was treated as like you know i mean coming from actually coming from trying to be a professional athlete in motocross you're actually an athlete you're training your butt off you're trying to get to that level as any other athlete it's actually a really clean sport but on my from my point of view it got really pushed as a rough and tough and bad sport and i was like it's not like that so we kind of were like let's let's make fun product that's vibrant and a little bit unique that puts a point of difference so that definitely made us different in the early days that kind of put us you know a next level to other brands instead of just following the norm so yeah okay. yeah back then we didn't even follow the norm we just did 
did a lot differently and uh you know and that's what kind of made us unique and obviously since you know what i've learned over the journey and then even to the last you know it was only just over 12 months ago since we rebranded to lskd which is abbreviated to loose kid it was all those years of learning that to going hang on a minute i'm actually going to go back to what we stood for and being us but focus on making the best streetwear sportswear product for an experience-based customer and inspire them to chase the vibe through those experiences. It's not actually about when you're doing the sport itself. Yes, our product is super functional driven within our sport and our product is, you know, you can still ride BMX if you wanted it or, you, you know, I train every day in my product, but it's more around the journey around it, you know, being around that community, you know, being around the sport that makes you want to wear that product when you go and do that. So, you know, I use those years of learning to what I've created now within the direction where the brand's heading. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely back then we, uh, I definitely feel we were a little, a lot more unique back then and still are now, but back then we definitely were to other brands. We just, you know, we did our thing and I didn't really care about anyone else around me. I was just doing my thing and yeah. focused on me. And I mean, a lot of people ask you like, oh, well, you know, how, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? It's like, you just got to enjoy the journey. It takes mm, time. You know? definitely. And you, 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 you're constantly remodeling yourself all the time to, to rewire your focus to go hang on if we if we just shifted this way like a couple of mil you know what what's possible if we tried that you know because if we just stayed doing that could we just end up falling down that same pathway too yeah okay yeah because i was um listening to one of your recent podcasts with shami and yeah. you were speaking about how um the changeover changeover sorry from lki to l LKSD, LSKD, LSKD sorry. Yeah. Um, it's all right. I say it really quick. I talk yeah. really fast. Yeah, I know. I was just like, <laughs> stuff it up. Whoops. Anyway, um, so you spoke about how when you were doing the LKI days, you were, you were doing a lot of things, you know, you were doing jet ski jackets, yeah. everything. And then you wanted to really just focus on becoming the best streetwear brand. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, maybe not having all these things going and then just focusing on the one thing is the best way to grow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, as we, you know, as it kind of with when LKI was really growing and it's done an, it was amazing and, and it still is, uh, you know, with that. But the reason for the shift was I started to, you know, I was making a ton of mistakes and learning and, you know, we had, a, a, we had amazing, you know, community of retailers and an e-com business. But I was like, I started to meet how do I explain it? I started to meet mentors that were in my industry. So I started to you know, go, hang on a minute. If I want to be the best in this industry, I need to figure out how this industry works and hang around the best of the best. Yeah. And just to learn from them, you know, and, and try and minimize my mistakes. And as I did that and, and uh, you know, hunted down a good friend of mine, Ben Mackay, the founder of Penny, who's on my podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really kind of, you know, my first meeting with him, I had a headache. I was like, oh, dude, I left with a headache. I was like, oh, this is full on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it really made me think. And over the time, it was about a two-year period. I was like, we already had LSKD on product. So we already had LSKD on products. We were selling LSKD on product. Um, and it was more a little bit more forward stuff and it was working really well, but I'd never actually thought differently to go, well, hang on, if we actually just transitioned a brand of this and focused on one thing, what is possible? And it took me a couple of years to really get my head around it. And over the time it was, I don't know, we just, we just, I just went, you know what, if I'm going to pull this trigger, I'm going to pull it now and I'm just going to make it happen and whatever it takes, do it. And we'll, you know, we'll reap the recussions up, you know, the, um, whatever happens after. And I got my team involved, you know, all our team here, we, you know, did focus groups, we, you know, did the et cetera, et cetera, to find out the journey around what our customer thought about the logo shift. But yeah, refining it to saying, okay, well, we're going to get out of making gloves. We're going to get out of making life jackets. We're not going to make like motocross socks anymore. We're just going to focus on making streetwear and sportswear product. Yeah. That is what we do best. And that's what we did when we first started has been the best thing ever for me. It was the best thing ever for my mindset to stay yeah, okay. focused. You know, it, it was like I was off on so many different journeys. I was, you know, one minute you're trying to get your team to focus on this and then the next minute you're on this. And it was like, hang on, we started in clothing. Why aren't we just making the best clothing? And really, whenever we make a product, make sure that that product's for the customer and, and mm. putting so much time into it that you've thought of every angle possible. And, you know, even to getting your customers to come in and getting their feedback, you know, which we do a lot in our product now to understand how it's being worn from a functional side of, from a functional side to then how it looks from a street side to bring those two together. So it's 
you know, you know, normally it'd be like, we're jumping this, we're doing this, we're selling to these different retailers. We're now saying, hey, we're just super channel focused. And that was probably the, my biggest turning point in my career was going, hang on, like I'm doing too many things and I need to like get super vulnerable with myself and go, yeah, okay. I'm like way off track. Yeah. And from an outsider, it wouldn't have looked like that at all. We were doing no. amazing. But for me internally, I just had so many things going on and I'm like, I need to rewire my focus to one thing and be the best at that. And seeing that is just been phenomenal. You know, it's been 12 months just over since we re we rebranded and yeah, we're still the same brand we are, but just focused on one thing and the product that our team's creating and me being able to focus on that, you know, substantially on that one, you know, that one goal has, you know, obviously show, showcasing in our product and our marketing and our team's focus and in our mission, inspiring people to chase the vibe you know, it just, just across the board, it's just really helped everything. So, I mean, I'm probably getting really like granular and sharing a lot, but for me, my experiences, it's, it taught me so much. I mean, it was the best thing ever and where we're heading has just been, it, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's, that's why it's taken us quite a few weeks to jump on this podcast yeah. <laughs> and we've been a bit slack on ours because there's so much going on, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it taught me a lot. I mean, you know, and, and I think it took me to making mistakes to figure that out. Mm. And I suppose a lot, a lot of people talk about the shit that goes on behind the scenes and the, you know, how tough it can be when you, you know, you, you feel like you're on your own sometimes doing it because, and you need to find people around you that can kind of guide you or help you that have that experience. And I think that's what helped me the most is getting around people that have achieved it and just learning from them and understanding them. And I mean, we both were hanging out at, you know, recently at a, you know, at a seminar at Tony Robbins. And yeah. That's something they said similar. And I was like, wow, it's, it resonated so much with me because I've just gone through that journey over the last couple of years, you know, finding yeah, mentors wow. around me. And I'm always finding people around me to learn more because mm. I don't know everything. And, you know, no. I want to be the best in this industry. And it, to be that you've, you've got to make mistakes and you've got to be around the best of the best to understand that. So, and to have great people around you, it takes that, you know, like you've Definitely. got to work hard. It's you know, not a five minute job. No. Nah. And you spoke a little bit about being vulnerable and um, like just internally, you just weren't like feeling it with the direction of the business. Um, what did you do to sort of be like, yep, yeah, this is the day I'm going to change to LSKD. Did you go to a certain event? Like did a certain mentor <laughs> say, this is what you need to do, do it now? Because I know it's like- It was me. It was you? It was me. Yeah. I made the decision. I yeah. mean, I'd got advice and I'd talk to different people, talk to customers, talk to our team here. Like we got, you know, we, I'd got so much feedback, but realistically it came to me making the decision. I was like, all right, we're doing it. Like yeah, okay. whatever happens, we're doing it and we're making it. And I mean, everyone in here was on board. Um, even mm. ambassadors loved it. Like everyone loved it. It was me. It just came down to me to make the decision and go, we're doing it. And whether it was right or wrong, I just was like, I'm just doing it. And I know internally that this was the best thing possible to do because it resonated with who we were and what we stood for in the early days. And I wanted to get, I didn't, didn't go off track. It was just a product went everywhere and yeah. we want to get back to that. And I feel like now it's, you know, what we're, you know, our goals for within the, within the brand and where we're heading has been phenomenal. And, you know, it's every day you, you know, you're constantly learning and evolving, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it took to me to make the decision. You know? yeah. If someone didn't make it for me, I just got advice no. and then I just made it myself. Yeah, chief had to make the call. <laughs> you always do in your own self. You've got to make the decisions. That's As it. As in anybody does, right? Like yeah. You can get the advice and then you've just got to make a decision and run with it. Yeah, all action. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what marketing strategies have worked best for you? Because I know um, you've got some amazing influences that wear your product, you know, like Shami, sorry, yeah. uh, Morgan Rose and... Uh, Jackson O'Doherty, all those sort of big names. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us? Because I know you um, take a different approach to it. You more so build a relationship up with these people instead of being like, oh, here's, you know, five t-shirts or, you know. Post this. Post this and um, tag us and that's all we want to do with you. You yeah, more so yeah. like build that relationship and that friendship because I think um, that's one thing that you've definitely done well because I was hearing yeah, it in the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how it's worked for you guys? Yeah, I think, I mean, in the if I look back, if where we're, you know, how we've been so successful in doing that, I don't think there was a strategy around it. I think that was just me wanting to build great relationships with people. And that's just yeah. me personally loves to build relationships with crew and, and people. And just to, you know, to because I think it's an important thing if you're going to work with someone, it's, you know, and I think that comes from internal, you know, from the whole team. Um, I suppose from a marketing strategy point of view, you know, we, we, we have our pillars that we work towards with, you know, 
through whether it's you know those who chase the vibe and you know the 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 weekender and you know those on the move through action sports and we have those pillars where you know we've got logan martin two times x games champ this year that wears our product from a lifestyle point of view not when he competes yeah okay to morgan maroney who's into fitness but into adventure and hiking and she does you know she wake surfs from a, and then you've got, you know, guys like Shami who, you know, who we've got, you know, with influences that are at like, you know, I suppose we class Shami as a, an amazing comedian yeah. that's built a following to 12 million. You know, he's more just, he's just an amazing person to wear the brand. We don't have any expectations from that because we're just stoked they wear the brand, you know, yeah. and those guys have their own personal brand that they focus on and we're just lucky enough that they love what we stand for and they want to wear the brand. So if I call it a marketing strategy, we kind of have our pillars that we work within the business and yeah. then we have our different, you know, people we work with because you're always trying to find new fans to join the brand. But mm. at the same time, we want to make sure that those people, you know, are inspiring people to chase the vibe as well. And they're also inspirational themselves. And if I look back on how we were successful on getting some of the best athletes or some of the best ambassadors in Australia wearing our brand or even internationally, we've had some phenomenal people wear the brand. Yeah. It, it, it's all come down to, you know, not being forceful and just being super like, you know, as in talking to them like your friend, whether we're sending yeah. a DM on socials, like on Instagram or sending an email, it's keeping it super about them and about how we can improve their lives by hooking them up with LSKD and then wearing the brand. And we don't keep it, you know, it's not like if they don't want to wear the brand, that's totally fine. We'd rather not work with them if they don't, because it's like if the ducks don't align together, it's not worth trying to make something work. It's not, if it's a, if it is a paid deal or it's, they're just wearing it to, to wear the brand because they like what we stand for. I think that's really important and yeah, know your lane and stay in that lane with, you know, who you're in, like who, who aligns with your brand and what you stand for. And, you know, the customer will, you know, I think the customer will see that. Um, and that's something we've, we've done a lot of work on in the last 12 months is really making sure that we stay focused on that through our brand pillars and where we stand for and with our brand. And going back to chatting about the motocross and action sports growing up doing that, I feel, you know, me doing, you know, my personal, you know, personal journey of doing so many different sports, it, it's not actually about the sport. It's about the journey to it and what they wear on that journey. So it's like, we're not just, you know, we're not just a motocross brand. We're about inspiring people to chase the vibe through those pillars. You can do anything. I mean, I grew up doing way too many sports. I love yeah. everything, but that was one of the passions I had. And I mean, now it's, you know, I'm doing triathlons, you know, half marathons. Everything. I just love, I just love doing, setting a goal and doing it. You know, yeah. it's actually about the journey to it and getting to do it with your friends. And they're both on the same level training. You're training together, you're setting a goal and you're achieving it. I think that's the fun part about those sports and, yeah. how it's i think that's where our brand really aligns perfectly with too so giving everything a go and i I, I like it how you um sort of under the three pillars put a person like an influencer under that so for example you know you're speaking about morgan rose she's obviously like you know gym shark athlete as well yeah and you don't expect her to wear the stuff in the gym but when she's you know out doing adventures she wears your brand so i thought that's really cool because you know most brands might expect you to wear the clothes in everything you do but you yeah. sort of just expect them well maybe. we know that she's like huge into fitness and so yeah. are we we're massive fitness fanatics here you know we're we're all the whole team's going training tomorrow morning together you know how good um yeah seven o'clock session it'll be fun we'll yeah. uh, it'll, it'll be good times but I, I think it's like we know that she's big into fitness and we have such a big fitness element to our brand because we're, uh, you know, all of us here are into fitness. So we have athletes here, ex-professional surfers here at work here. So at the team, with the team. So, but we know that she loves our, you know, she's come wake surfing before. She's done all these different sports that we felt it ties into the brand well, where it's not just, you know, which is still exercise, but it's another sport. So it's, it yeah, kind of okay. aligned perfectly. So same yeah. to Logue's, like Logan is, you know, two times X Games champ, but He's massive into fitness. I mean, the week after I ran the half marathon, he went out and beat my time. Oh, just really? running on a Sunday. And I was like, damn. Wow. <laughs> and he sends me the screenshot of his time and he beat me by like, I can't remember, maybe it was like a couple of minutes or something, wow. 21 kilometers. But you know, like that's the thing. He's not just, we love Logan because he doesn't just ride BMX, you know, not only yeah. is he a family man, he actually at the same time is big into fitness just and, and loves that whole aspect around it. Yeah. You know, where people think of freestyle bmx so, you know it's that kind of like oh no he wouldn't train he's one of the fittest dudes i you know I yeah know. like he's a weapon in the gym as well so i think that's what we loved about him is he's such a multifaceted guy as well and doesn't just do one thing so yeah amazing um and i understand that you as a company give back a lot like can you tell us a little bit about um some of the 
yeah, companies. Yeah, because I th- about that much. yeah, cool. and I think it's something that needs to be spoken about because we're not a very generous nation. But you're yeah. like obviously donating a lot. Was it cystic, cystic fibrosis? fibrosis. Yeah. So can you tell us a little yeah, bit about thanks. that? Um, yeah. So my cousin uh, Blake Campbell has cystic fibrosis. So I grew up with him from when we were you know young tackers and. Uh, I didn't know much about cystic fibrosis when I was younger. You know, you grow up with them and they had to have tablets every time they ate, you know, to help with their digestive system. I didn't actually know a lot. You know, we just always knew Blakey had it growing up as kids. Yeah, I'm not uh, too sure what it actually is. Can you tell it's us a, what it's, it is? It's a, it, I can't explain it to the thing, but it's a lung, it's it a, it, a buildup of mucus in your lungs and okay. it really affects your lung function. So most kids with CF have this, uh, their lung function's a lot lower. So for us, if we're running at a heart rate of maybe, you know, I mean, you can run a heart rate depending like one, you know, 220 minus your age, you can run at a max. For them, running like maybe 60 under your max heart rate is a, is a max heart rate, right? Yeah, like wow. it's really hard because their lungs are so built up with mucus and I might not be explaining it the right way. So I don't want to say that I no, know it no. all, but that's, that's a good way of explaining um, it's, it to me. It's their lung function's really affected. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, CF patients that have to have lung transplants and, you know, there is a life expectancy that is quite young. I think it's down to, it's at 42 at the moment where it used to be a lot younger, but it's grown, which is amazing. So growing up Blakey, he used to work here as well in sales and, you know, it got to the point the business was growing so much, it just got too much for him. So he he's left, but now he's helping run the charity events. And from there, we, we've always done something for cystic fibrosis, whether we made bounce balls back in the day, because it was all about getting kids moving and keeping that, you know, keeping your lung function up to, you know, hosting smaller events. When we grew up, my mum and you know my mom arnie's arnie used to run a an event for cystic fibrosis so i've grown up around them running charity events and it got to here where we're like how do we actually build a community and run more events um so we created the beats and eats we've done three events we've raised i think it's just under eleven thousand dollars we've raised so far yeah wow which was really rad and and we're doing our next one in january which is cool so blake he actually plans that event as well so awesome yeah so he actually is kind of like helping as the event manager to plan those events so it gives him that real like responsibility yeah and a part of it so and then the last one of the last events we did we thought well instead of just giving the money to the to cystic fibrosis queensland you know why don't we hit them up because blake you know he he, he's been in hospital like in the last 12 months he was telling me the other day and he probably doesn't like me saying it but he's been in hospital nearly six months out of 12 months yeah he's just got a little you know just got a young you know young little girl you know it's tough right so and they need to be in the gym and he was like dude the gym sucks and i was like all right, that's where the money's going. We're spending the money on the gym. I'm yeah, like, okay. We're fit this thing out. So when we raised uh, one of the events, we raised over $6,000. Um, so they let us spend the money on buying gym equipment. Um, a friend of ours at Good Life hooked us up with a full rack set to 20 kilos. We got oh, a new amazing. running machine, cross train, a rowing machine. Anything that Blake thought would help with kids trying to train for rehab to get their lung functions back up while they're in hospital, we brought. So yeah, it was cool. I mean, we don't... <coughs> excuse me we don't share that too much um yeah. but it is something we're super passionate about and you know we're really trying to get behind it more and mm. having blakey plan them it's it's cool because he yeah he aligns it perfectly and making it happen um, yeah that's amazing but yeah it's something we're super passionate about i think it's you know it, it's it's been able to give back to the community and help that but then try to use the money in a genuine way to to buy things that's going to help those young grummies coming through with it you know because it is yeah. a sucky disease so yeah 100 percent. um so the last segment it's all things <laughs> personal development. Cool. And, mate, I, was, I saw you at the, the Gary V event. Well, you, we didn't see each other, but I know <laughs> you were there. Man. And um, what, the Tony Robbins won recently. That was super fun. Mate, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you're right into your personal development and improving yourself, like going yeah. to events. And I remember we were on the mountain bike and you were telling me a little bit about that one event you went to that sort of had a great effect on you. I forgot what it was called. Oh, Landmark Forum. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and yeah, what it was yeah, like? I don't, I don't talk about that event. It's a full-on event. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, anyone who's listened to it is interested in it. It's called Landmark Forum. It's, yeah. um, you can't explain it because it's quite. It's a full-on course. It's like 39 hours over three days. So you got to prepare yourself for a long three days. I mean, I did that about five years ago. Um, but for me personally, what I took away from it, it really, I mean, it's a lot around integrity and your word. And it's it's a crazy course, right? Um, to explain it in a couple of seconds is really hard. But yeah. what I got from it is I really struggled to do stuff like this. I really struggled to, you know, even talk in front of 10 people. Um, talking one-on-one, I was amazing, but you know, like selling to people, I was great, you know, like yeah, okay. a conversation, but talking one-on-one to people, 
I struggled with, I mean, in, in front of a crowd or public speaking or this kind of stuff. So I uh, ended up going off and doing Toastmasters, which really yeah. helped me. Um, so I joined a Toastmasters club, awesome, which helped me to get up and really helped with my nerves getting in front of people and doing impromptu speaking and learning how to public speak. So I really kind of utilized that to go off and learn more. Um, which then helped me to go find mentors. But yeah, it was a phenomenal course. And I mean, I don't, I say I'm really into my self-development. I don't, haven't done a lot of it the last few years. It's probably been the last 12 months I've really started to get back into it and yeah, really getting a lot where I can constantly be learning and constantly, you don't know who you're going to meet or what you could learn at one of those events where you just put some time into going and, and it gets you out of the day-to-day of the, you know, the grind of being a part of the same thing all the time to help you think a little bit differently um and yeah i mean i constantly listen to audiobooks i mean I'm, yeah yeah i've got a couple on play around right now i think i'm listening to the e-myth um okay that was recommended by uh the founder of lululemon so yeah okay. yeah so wow. i'm constantly you know constantly i mean i only have like a 15 minute drive to and from the office so yeah i'm even listening to audiobooks if I've, if i'm not on the phone i've got an audiobook on in between like to and from the office or yeah, when okay. i'm driving to a, some you know meeting or wherever like i'm constantly listening to something just to try to you know as the business is growing i need to grow as well and mm. grow with it and be able to like learn you know when it th- you know because things aren't always easy and it gets hard and and how i can actually overcome those things when they do get hard or how i can deal with the situation or just to become better and become a better leader for my team and and grow with them as well and you know we're really trying to instill that into the brand here within the team is you know with which is personal development and trying to trying to grow the team and their careers and their lives which i really want to do as well because you want to enjoy coming to work and coming what you do and, and actually doing something for a purpose and a mission I think is super important. So, which has you know, taught me a lot because coming from a job site environment, you know, being a carpenter, <laughs> it's not like that, you know, and no. I, had to, I had to learn that journey here a lot. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes with, with, you know, with staff being that I didn't understand that in that way too much um, when we first started because, you know, I mean, if there's any any tradies listening, you know, when you when you're on a job site, it's a little bit different environment on the job site with the boys, and and I had to learn how to deal with that in in an office environment, and you know, completely shift my mind to working in an office where I came from working on a job site for five years to now, you know, yeah. heading up, you know, street you know street sportswear clothing company, you know, and it, it's completely different. So yeah, I'm a big believer in personal development. I mm-hmm. I, I get a lot out of it myself, from my opinion, but yeah. yeah. Amazing. And you spoke a little bit about Toastmasters. I actually yeah. did uh, my first week last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like yeah. there was a lot of people who were like, you know, 50 to 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so how long did you do it for? Because I'm quite fascinated. Oh, I did it for, I did, look, I did it for maybe, my wife and I did it together. We did it for maybe 15 months to 18 months. Yeah, wow. It was a while. Um, okay. I didn't get through all the speeches. Uh, yep. I was, yeah, I, and I didn't make them all. I think we did, we did two a month. Um, and we, we ended up like, we kind of got a bunch of young crew coming as well. Cause you get that all ages. Um, yeah. I think there was about 15 in our group, um, there, yeah, okay. but I, you know, even going to do a speech when you had to write your own speech, man, I was shitting myself. Like yeah. I'm driving there going, I'm only talking to 15 people and I'm freaking out. Yeah, I'm like shaking so on the funny. way to the drive to go to a speech that I've written, you know, like, yeah, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the fact of it had st- I really like the structure around it. Like it's almost like yeah, it's a it's structured meeting. Yeah, you know, I've done some roles in there and it was all about structure to the time. And, you know, we can all go into meetings and like burn time so easy where this is everything's to the minute, right? Like, and you would have noticed the structure. So I really got yeah. a lot out of it from a structural point of view as well from like meetings. And, you know, when you do an impromptu, they only had a minute and a half to two minutes to speak. And, you know, you had to, you know, the lights to tell them when to you know, pretty much get off. It's the yeah. next person, right? But it kind of taught you a lot of structure, um, mm. which if I look back, I got a lot from that as well. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. I think I think it got to the point where I just wanted to go further and I got what I wanted to get out of it, which was learning how to talk in front of the camera, learning how to, mm. you know, building confidence to start a podcast, you know, you know, talking in front of people if I had to do a speech, like, that was my goals out of that and getting that. And I mean, I'm not perfect, still, you know, still get nervous all the time, but to be able to get out and talk in front of a group of people, or if I had to do a speech, I got a lot from it. So I'd, I'd keep at it, bro. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. It's, okay. um, I'll, I'll turn up I next. I think you can go to different clubs you. everywhere. I think, uh, yeah. I think like you can just hop around and. Definitely. You'll find your one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you will. Yeah, that's it. Um, so what has been your biggest like breakthrough personally? It might've been a light bulb moment. It might have been you learning a new skill or it might have been, you know, that step you've always wanted to take and you took it. Oh, that's a good question. 
because there's so many things. Yeah. Um, I kind of have them all the time. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think when I made the decision to to change the brand logo, you know, September the last logo. Okay, we, yeah, yeah, which I think which to LSKD, it was kind of a, it was almost like a moment where I was like, wow, this has been like what I've been, it was almost like it was like what need what I need to do. Like it was like, it has to happen. And I, I just have this feeling inside that we're going to create something amazing and not just from a growth brand, sales, etc. It was just like, I felt like I could make a difference. I don't know. It was just like, I, it has to happen. And yeah. I'm going to change this. I've got all this feedback, but I know deeply inside it's the right thing to do. And you know, not many brands can change their logo. Like to go from LKI to LSKD was a huge risk. And I was like, it just Definitely. has to happen. And I know enough deep inside in myself that if I don't make this change, I'll be always like, what if? Um, yeah, so for me, I mean, there's plenty, that. but that was definitely a big moment for me to, when I made that decision. And, you know, it was just, it just, I just felt like it was right. And, you know, I, I had to do it. And, you know, I mean, we haven't looked back. It's been phenomenal and it's been, yeah, it's such an amazing ride. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, been really exciting and where it's heading. But I feel like for me, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I can see you're a very high performer. What do you do in your mornings? Like, cause you know, yeah. you hear a lot of top performers, they have a certain morning ritual that gets them instead, you know, no matter how much sleep they've had or what the day throws them before they can just, you know, get rid of what happened yesterday and then focus on today. And cause that's what you gotta do. If you're a, you know, founder of a company, you're oh, have things anyone, coming in. Yeah. I don't even think it's a founder of a company. I think it's yeah. just everyone in daily life. We all can wake up super clouded in the morning and we need Definitely. to like somehow like kind of, I mean, oh, I, I do an, I, I, I like kind of go between different things. Um, I mean, I, literally try to train every morning at 5 a.m um yeah. regardless but i normally like obviously just coming from you know tony robbins but i was doing it previously as like a you know morning prime and prep myself for the day yeah, with okay. breathing exercises and you know you know what i'm grateful for and gratitude yeah. you know and, and setting some you know setting my goals as well for the day um but i either try to stretch um breathing exercises i'm not doing it like meditation yet but i definitely am slowly building myself it's that whole thing when you get up in the morning mm. i gotta like if you get do myself, meditation you might fall back to sleep yeah i'll just get myself in like into more of a routine so i definitely yeah. prepare myself it's like warming a car up right like i mm. either stretch i'll do push-ups it depends what's going on because you know i might i might get up and my little one's already up so it's a little different for me to yeah. start the day so I might even just do some push-ups and kick-throughs and some burpees and like get him doing it with me. So it like starts the day some way, like because mm. I can't, you know, I've, he's already awake, you know, at 5 a.m. in the morning. So, yeah. but I've always trying to do something, you know, like this morning I trained at 5 a.m. and, you know, yeah. I did a bunch of breathing exercises um, before, uh, before I went this morning. Um, didn't have a coffee, just went straight to training and hit a session yeah, okay. and then was straight home by six. So I think for me, it's about just, you know, not every day is going to be perfect because you've got something going on in your life. It was all, it's just about building consistency with doing something to prepare my mind for the day. But yep. I'm a big believer in that. Like, you know, especially on weekends, it's easy to wake up super cloud on a weekend because oh, yeah. it's like, all right, I got to prepare myself and get ready for the day. Like no matter what day it is, so you can yep. live it to its fullest for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Now, what has been one of your darkest days and how do you overcome it? Oh, my darkest day, I wouldn't say darkest days. I mean, you well, know, like toughest day. You know? I mean, I've made, oh, I mean, it depends on what journey, you know, you, I'm on in terms of like, there's always what was huge five years ago. I laugh about now. Yeah. Um, okay. But I suppose one massive mistake that was, that really hit me hard that I made that really taught me a lot was we uh we had a e our e-com store um i had a developer come in and help build it and i actually yeah yeah i'm getting super uh authentic here but yeah i had a i had an e-com we our e-com store was growing it's it i mean it's liz but like it was just growing phenomenal i thought i'd try and bring someone in house it didn't work out with the person you know we lost a good solid six figures on it because it just declined yeah. sales people couldn't check out and it was like four months that this thing just tanked and i was like oh my god all right that's what a fuck up does i'm like <laughs> shit so you know and, and it, and it kind of taught me as in part of that journey was to go out and find you know mentors around so i can try and minimize those mistakes and yeah. losing a lot of money but 
I, you know, it was funny because even my team here, like one of my guys, Scotty, was like, dude, I don't know, like, have you checked his experience? I'm like, no, let's give him a go. Like, let's let's give this person a go to build it. And it, uh, you know, it all ended up being a bit of a, you know, a shit show and it never turned out and the yeah, person like wow. wiped their hands. And I was so lucky I had amazing people around me to help fix it. And, yeah. you know, we got back on track. But I think that was definitely a huge turning point for me that it was a mistake that it was real. And I was like, wow, like we, you know, we lost some serious money and you know, the mistake was the best thing I ever did. Cause it kind of like, it just made me you know, think like, obviously do your due diligence and really learn like, has that person got experience, et cetera, et cetera. Like everything I learned from it, I'm trying to implement into this day around what I learned from that mistake. Yeah. But I think that was one of the biggest things, you know, it wasn't, I couldn't say it was a dark day cause it, it just happened and I had to move forward yeah. and I had to find a way to get around it. But I mean, there's plenty of times like that, but I think that was probably my biggest mistake that yeah, I okay. learned from um, that kind of like grew me up really quick. I mean, okay, this, you know, you know, and it's all relative to whatever scale someone's business is, I suppose, to, you know, if they're going to lose money, if I'm talking from a business standpoint too. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, what, is, what brings you the most fulfillment? Like, and has it changed over time as you've grown a bit older and a bit more wiser? Uh, look, I think, fulfillment is building something i love like seeing it like building it and seeing it grow like and yeah, seeing okay. it, how it like how it comes to life and the people around it that's amazing like building something um especially you know when you're trying to build a brand it's it's not an easy job building a brand you know especially in australia trying to build a brand i've seen so many come and go it takes a lot of strength and will to build something like that but another thing that gives me a lot of fulfillment, I mean, is, you know, my family, you know, my wife and yep. little boy Hendrix. I mean, that's, a, you know, spending time with them. And, and, and obviously what our mission is chasing the vibe. I mean, whether it's traveling on a holiday or whether it's, you know, you know, fitness, mountain biking, like just surfing, you know, go on, you know, go on surfing with the boys. Like that, I think is like doing that, which, you know, goes back to, you know, inspiring people to chase the vibe. It's what I live and breathe like yeah okay. whether it's getting up and going training on a sunday or you know whether it's you know doing something to start your day or you know going for a run and what you feel like after you go for a run or just doing something like that gives me a lot of fulfillment i love that like i love getting out and doing stuff like just getting yeah. at it like i just that's it's fun yeah awesome you know so i think it's around those two two things are the most all three with family are the most you know fulfillment. so but what i did growing up hasn't changed it's just i just don't race anymore i you know, I do other things because for time um, yeah. to, to do things, but I, I love doing different sports. It's, it keeps me, keeps me super driven. Yeah. Now, um, if you had to take a time machine back to one day, <laughs> what day would it be? And just to be there and just soak it up a bit more than you did, you know, maybe you took it a bit more for granted, but man, it was just one of those days, you know, you remember. I don't think I would. I just want to live in the present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean like, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't, I don't. Surely there was one like really good day. Oh, I mean, you know, like, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm pretty hard on myself, but, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think. Might have been one day on the boat, you know, it was like. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, there was plenty of them, right? Like, yeah, you know, okay. like, or like, you know, when you're winning races or when you, yeah. you know, like even just, I suppose recently what sticks in my head is. You know, this year being able to do a, you know, the Stratty Salute Triathlon to do the Gold Coast Half Marathon and then do Bridge to Brisbane, like those three things when I actually haven't done an event, any event for probably, oh, I would say seven years. I haven't actually gone out of my comfort zone and done events. And yeah, this okay. year I did three events and like literally had never done anything. And I did an event last year called Power Players for Fit Stop and ended up second. Um, wow. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like this give me some confidence. So yeah. a few of the boys were just like, they're signing up to try. So I'm like, I'm in. And just, you know, I was nervous even signing up to something I've never done before, right? I think yeah. I hadn't done that stuff either. So I think I, not going back to it, but a huge moment for me this year was like doing that kind of stuff was like signing up to events and doing it because it sets those goals and puts your mind super strong. Like, you know, as you ran, the, you ran the full marathon and budgets yeah. this year, crazy. <laughs> I'm going to do the full marathon next year. But yeah. I think it's like, doing that and the what your mind goes through when you're doing those events Definitely. it puts you through like so many different dark places when you want to give up and you're like putting mm. yourself and i mean you've seen my facials i get some pretty crazy facials when i come to the end of a race my yeah my body's hurting but like it puts you through those like it just puts your mind through so much toughness that it makes you stronger 
Um, and I found this year, I'm really proud of myself for actually setting those goals and achieving it. And I honestly, I didn't care where I came. Like no. even though I exceeded my expectations and where I thought I would come or like the times I did, it was actually just the journey of doing it and going, I'm going to do this and I'm going to set that goal and I'm going to achieve it just to do it instead of going, I'm going to get, I'm going to win it. It wasn't about winning. It was like, just go out and, and don't give up. Like mm. if you got one kilometer to go, you go harder than you've ever gone in that fucking one kilometer. Cause if you yeah. give up, you're going to be so pissed off when you finish. And I think doing those three events and achieving that, like, and I mean, uh, the facials say it all in photos, but you know, I just went as hard as I could. I didn't give up. I was like, I'm going, you know, and some of my times were fastest in the last kilometer to put myself through that hurt zone. But I think to me, that's been a huge like achievement for me this year, like achieving those three events. And I mean, we're already talking about next year, like doing a full marathon for charity and, yeah, okay. you know, like, you know, doing Kokoda 96 kilometer, you know, one in uh, the Gold Coast they have here, you know, for charity yeah. as well. Like we're trying to pull a team together that we feel we could work together well to do it. Mm. So it's like setting those mini goals and like, you know, you're busy, like you, you know, you're constantly your family life and then work life in your career. But I'm like, I think that's the thing that keeps you focused on that as well. Yeah. You know, so for me, I, if I go back in time, I suppose it'd be those three goals this year. Um, and yeah. then another one with when my son was born, you know, yeah. that's like, that's, you can't, yeah, that can't was the be best that. thing ever. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, Mate, lastly, if you had to give any advice to sort of any aspiring entrepreneurs or anyone out there thinking of taking that leap of faith, what would be one or two or maybe even three pieces of advice you'd give them? So one, if uh, definitely a piece of advice I could give, like don't have a plan B, like don't. Yeah, okay. You know, like if you're, if you're, if you're going to give something a go, like don't half-heart it, like you're all in. Like if you're going to make it happen, um, you're making it happen. Like you don't fuck around. Like you've got to do it and you've got to go through those dark places to get there because it takes time. I mean, that's, you know, if anyone said to me about, you know, when, when I started, you know, a clothing company, which is like a clothing company, you know, like, or a brand, it's like, there was no, there was no second chance. It was not going to not work. It was going to work regardless. I just knew it was going to work. How I was going to get it, I had no idea. I just, my why was bigger and yeah. I wanted to do it because I loved what I did and I just made it happen. So, I think it's definitely there's no you know there's there's no second option you just you have to do it so you know I see you know people go in have give something you go it's like oh it's it's a side thing it's gonna work it, you know it might work it's like no like if you're gonna do it properly and we've all done it we're like oh we'll just we'll give it a shot you know and then you yeah. kind of you know it doesn't work but it's you it's not the mm. reason didn't work it's kind of no. it's on you so I definitely think that's the biggest piece of advice if you're gonna give something you go you go all in yeah and, and having that self belief yeah. that you'll get there hundred percent. This next part of the podcast is after Mike. Um, it's where usually after I have a conversation uh, with the person once the interview's done, we usually forget something and we forgot to talk about the actual product. So here's um, Jason speaking about the product and LSKD. Okay, so mate, how do you actually make this product and how does it all happen? Because I'm sure a lot of people are interested. Yeah, so pretty much, I mean, we work 12 to 14 months in advance um, that far, like that far lead times out. But we pretty much start with uh, building out a, like a, a virtual catalog. And then from there, we look at obviously, you know, we have all our kind of our key core products within there. And then we'll start working on where we think, you know, what we think would align with our brand within different categories, you know, whether it's, you know, in pants, shorts, you know, um, you know, headwear tees, just all our different garments that we make. And then, We'll look at how we can improve our product every season, um, and then even now with our, you know, as we've got our own sustainability goals, we're working to that as well. But through that, it's like okay, now fit and functionality is a big thing for us at at, at the brand, and and which always has been, but we're doubling down on that a lot more um, and trying to really improve that side of things. It's like from there when we'll start the initial concept. So Dill, our design manager, will start the initial concept and work alongside Courtney who works on our women's wear and is our production assistant. And then Scotty is our production manager. They work together with a couple other team members to like bring it to life. So initially in the early stages, I used to work with the suppliers myself to understand it all. And now the team obviously does a lot. They do a lot of the work. And then we just, obviously it starts with initial concepts from a CAD drawing. Um, and then from that CAD drawing, we'll put it onto the wall. Well, then we'll align with, you know, from the team to even getting out like community ambassadors looking at the product, 
from there it then gets into a tech pack which a tech pack is like a design file in the back end of you know within the, within the design program and that takes it up to size specs etc um logo size fabric you know everything that you see wearing has a size to it like everything on that garment it's there's a measurement to the spec of why it has to be on that like where it sits so then it gets sent to our suppliers um which we have suppliers a lot of our suppliers which we have a great relationship are based in china um and we travel to see them a couple times a year and spend time with them um and then they'll uh, they'll do the initial samples just like if you're at home with a sewing machine sewing something you know they'll sew something together within through the specs and then they'll send it back and then we'll work through it and you know work out the measurement specs how it aligns you know with the specs and then pretty much so forth and so forth so it's a really big process to develop a product um from end to end i mean not a lot of people probably explain it too much in this community you know i was probably you know happy to share it i think it's you know it's a it's a long you know grueling process to develop a product so the appreciation you know we we i mean i suppose a product we've just released for an example the reptites um which is you know got a street aesthetic but really focused on a functionality around it so you can train at the highest performance we spent 12 months on that product we developed our own fabric from scratch so yeah wow we pretty much started with how we could make this thing you know we had a tight i didn't believe it was that good and we thought we can make this better for the customer so we we literally spent 12 months and had girls from all different from size 6 to 16 wearing them testing them getting their feedback understanding the product we did everything possible to to make sure that when we made this product when they wore it they were going to be pumped you know and and really focused on the customer and you know our fans first when we developed it and there was no date on it we were like normally we have to work to a date and we're like no we're gonna everything we do has to work to the product first and making sure that that's right so i think we were supposed to release that product in february and by the time we released it it was july so you know it was quite a few months late and if you're talking with releases that's a long time because you know if you're talking i suppose in business terms financial year we didn't get it till the next financial year you know july um but we were really focused on making sure the product was right and i mean it's been phenomenal the fit the fabric the way it wears the feedback from the girls has been so good i mean uh we've finally got more stock it's been you know tough to keep up with the stock but it's a testament to what everyone internally and us as a team have done to make sure that that product is right for the customer and that goes down to our denim to you know every category that we do you know to our jacketing for fleece you know we have jackets up to you know over 200 you know it's making sure that product is right because if they're going to wear that and go out and chase the vibe in it or they're just wearing it you know with whatever they're doing you need to make sure that they're loving the product and you know they're they're telling their friends around it if it's if it's shit you know they're going to tell you and then you've got to wear that on the chest and fix it right like if you yeah. make a mistake with product it's your own fault like you got to wear it and fix it so you know we want to minimize that you know we want to make sure that they love the product and and that's another massive key factor to the brand is is product development i mean i could talk about it for for hours uh you know the amount of work you know i mean you were late to the meeting to the to the podcast which was kind of good because i was working on product you know like i was in the production (laughs) room working on product for about 25 minutes you know just making sure like and i don't it's it's i still have a huge input on on product on a day-to-day level because it's the number one factor for our for our community you know and and the appreciation we all have for it for them is 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 number one so yeah yeah it's a constant improvement and constant learning and then we're going through our own journeys with you know with project earth on sustainability and how we can keep with our goals that we're going to be sharing over the next few months as well so which we've been working on for over 12 months but we've just been doing it off our, you know without have, without sharing it because we just want to make sure that we can learn more about and how to achieve that sustainability goals as well so yeah awesome and can you tell us i've um i love to trial a product or service um before doing a podcast like yeah, whatever yeah. you may be yeah and yeah. um i've actually been trialing the crew shorts you know the men's ones oh the rep shorts yeah yeah and i gotta say i love them like well, you did you did uh rebel defiance in them right yeah yeah so yeah. i did i did um i did the first day in them yeah and um definitely like a lot a lot more like freedom <laughs> that's good yeah like that's that's Keeps one word free yeah that's it especially when you're going through and it. it's almost like it doesn't feel like you're wearing shorts like when you're running i think that can you tell us a little bit how you made those and yeah so dylan dylan developed that short uh and dill's an ex-motocrosser um he's massive into fitness trains every day guy's got a set of quads on him like godzilla <laughs> uh <laughs> oh you hate me saying that but 
you know, he, he does, but like he loves, you know, streetwear product and he's massive into fitness as well. So we developed this product that was like what you could wear on the daily, but then at the same time you could, I mean, I ran the half marathon in them as well. And yeah. you know, it, it's, it, we wanted that both functionality. So where we developed it from a fit perspective, the fabric, the, you know, having the side seam zip. So, you know, you could have your phone and if you are, you know, or you can have anything in your pocket and do something. Mm to the inner mesh gussets for breathability as well. Yeah. Um, everything we did around that short had was for both, was for that you can wear it, you could wear it to work during the day, you know, or you can go and train in it as well and you can do both. So it's that it's that functionality we wanted out of the product. But I mean, there's a lot more detail that I'd probably, you know, it's another chat with Dill of how we went to the intricacy, but we had a bunch of crew trying it on. We were testing them. We were testing them, just wearing them during the day to west to training in them. Yeah, okay. We, we saw that product as, you know, the next 10 years is, you know, how is that product going to be in the next 10 years, right? Like yeah. it's got to be aligned with the brand. And it also you want to know that you're still going to have the rep short around in 10 years time and people still, you know, obviously loving what you've done for that short that you can wear it doing obviously multi, you know, facets from you know just wearing it daily or for you know doing a high functional workout yeah which i mean i think you did the defiance which the defiance is like four different yeah it's like um you do a kayak and then you do a 23 kilometer trail run and then you do a 53 kilometer mountain bike and then you, you do another longer kayak. Every so it's like every, possible. yeah, I mean, it was I a good little, them as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you surf I, in them? I surf in them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, train, I mean, yeah, I don't wear board shorts. I just surf in them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start surfing in them now. Cause yeah, I didn't, I I didn't know them. if you could I'd, surf in them or not. Yeah. I mean, the stre- it's a, it's a, it's like a four way stretch fabric too. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I surf in them. I mean, I train this morning in them. I do everything. Yeah. I mean, I wear them on the weekend just casually as well. Yeah, so I think I, that's I another thing. It's got like the style. Like yeah. all those shorts might like you might wear them in the gym, but then you might not wear them to like the cafe after, yeah, for example. Yeah. And we wanted that, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I, I love going for breakfast on a Saturday after training, right? Yeah. And you wear, wear, I wear the rep shorts regardless. Um, and we just got a bunch of new colors in stock and we've just released a big campaign yeah, I saw last that. week showing what it can be used for because there's so many different I mean my cousin teaches yoga yeah he wears them you know during doing yoga classes because um, they're so agile stretchy yeah you know he recently taught you know uh, the Red Bull head office in Queensland you know yoga class in their lunch break oh I think like a half hour session you know he's wearing the rep shorts like yeah you know showcasing that you can do anything in these shorts and it's not just for one thing so you know that was uh, yeah that was a really cool product to develop and obviously you've been able to test them and wear them yeah. as well and show you know what's possible in them too definitely and then also not that we're trying stuff. to sell them on here no no nah, nah. I, mean, I, I, I wanted to talk about it because I, I think and another thing is like you can you can interview brands and then not use their product but it's good to get a little insight 100%. on a non-biased you know view yeah sort of thing. yeah and like, hey if you have bad feedback you can give it to me because we're always improving so no i enjoyed it and i'm wearing the t-shirt cool. now yeah so. thanks bro <laughs> Hey guys, how awesome was that? I was super stoked that Jason gave us a little bit of an insight into how the products get made because that usually doesn't really happen. And like he was saying, um, he gets it from China, but he was telling me how the process, he does it, it's very ethical and he goes and visits the supplier. He's not like most businesses. And I also thought it was really interesting how he keeps a really good relationship up with most of the people that endorse his brand. And I think that's something that is so unique about his brand and how he sort of incorporates them as part of the LSKD family. And then also the changeover from LKI to LSKD. Uh, It's a bit of a tongue twister if you say it a few times. Um, But down below in the links, there'll be webs there'll be a link towards the rep shorts that i used for the red bull defiance i highly recommend them they are so comfortable great for working out great for grabbing a coffee after and they're also very stylish um and if you did enjoy this podcast please take a screenshot tell a friend chuck it up on your instagram story and if you really loved it, it'd be awesome if you could relate. Uh, it'd be awesome if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the absolute world. And enjoy your day. And remember, do something today. Your tomorrow self will thank. Cheers.